You want to give me a beat? Right. <laughs> hey, this ain't really a hip-hop beat. This sounds more like just... My name and I went to USC. I lived in the upper quad and I resided in 413. All the freshmen sweat me because I lived in Manly while the rest was sweating bullets. I just be chilling in my AC. So I be representing DC, always doing my Maryland thing. It's the, I forget, uh, yeah. Hey, listen to me, okay, okay. okay. Right. She, hey, she, she had this rap in her head since she was 15 years old. Hey, I ain't got hair on my chest. I am a hairless sheep, all right? None. I look good on the beach, running in slow motion. <laughs> okay, you got hair <laughs> like on your Bo chest? Like Bo Derek, uh, I shave him, yeah. You shave yeah. your, okay, why do you do that? It takes a lot. Because I don't want taco meat. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot to be honest about that, though, that you so do, so do uh, manscape so like that. why do some guys like chest hair and don't like chest hair? I go by what my woman likes, so. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> first, of all, first of all, women got to say it in the air that chest hair is overrated. Y'all don't want to sit y'all face on a bed. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. Like, <laughs> like y'all, if y'all don't tell the men, they won't ever do it. Like, I don't got a choice. Mm. All right? I was born hairless. Mm. All right? <laughs> the other men, y'all need to just say, you know what, baby? Cut that bed off. Mm. I like it nice and neat. And they'll do it. You know, so as it, I'm sitting up here listening to how you talk, which is basically like your mouth full of rocks since I met you with that Mississippi. I talk accent. a lot clearer now. Uh, do you? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I finish words. Oh, wait, you, so you wait. You do finish words? Wait, how long how long you know him? Since 01. Since y'all know each other since 01. Two, 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 so I, I, how did what how did it happen? What? So I started my uh, TV career in Oregon and then I came to Washington. Washington. And at that time, I was working for a local county cable television station. Oh, yeah. And then I walked up into, at that time, the, the Redskins locker room, now the Commanders. And there was a few notables in the locker room. It was you, LeVar Arrington, Stephen Davis, Champ Bailey. Yeah, all of us. And there was this one guy Bruce in Smith. the back of the locker room with a um, Fat Albert sweater all the time, talking Fubu. crazy. For it us, was, it was, by it was us. Fat Albert, <laughs> and then always talking crazy. Hey, I was speaking the truth, baby. So as a as a rookie, you were speaking the truth in the locker room. Oh, like, I took over the locker room. Oh, you did? as a rookie. Like, like I remember when I got there, Bruce Smith was like, "You just gave me three more extra years of my career, son." Oh, by is way, that right? By just the energy. I was always just full of energy. I'm still full of energy at a late age. Like, I I believe every day above ground. If you ain't living it, you watching somebody else live it. So mm. I go out, I live life. And that's why I got all this good energy. And that's how I ran into her. And then <laughs> she followed me to Mississippi. That oh, is true. What, what do you mean followed you to me? Oh, I got I, to hear I, this. I, I did, no, I did a story on him. And uh -huh. we, we were trying to figure out the story behind the... the, the where, I, where the mouth come from. Where the mouth comes so from. She, so she went back to your hometown. Yes. Met my mama, met my family, met everybody. She been an investigator, in, uh, journal, <laughs> journalist for years. Uh -huh. Right, uh -huh. and, then, and then tell him about the, the car, the infamous car. All right, I have yeah. a car that's famous in Mississippi. Okay, I, I okay. went to Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. And when I came on campus, I drove my candy gold Chevy. Mm. You had a candy gold Chevy, Chevy what? Ball. Chevy what? Impala? Uh, Impala. 85. <laughs> on gold D's. Oh, yeah. White insides. Uh-huh. I had a sunroof, the whole roof. And after my games, I can't get in my car. I had to just leave and come get my car like 1 o'clock at night because the fans. Oh, they were they, they, they taking pictures. pictures with like very public. It was a part of the, the mouth of the South lure. Okay, I was okay. big mouth. I was loud. I was over the top. And that car was the same thing and I was. It's still now, the same way now. And I still have it now. And I yeah. updated her. And I don't even drive her. No, I'm I saying just, you're the same way now. No, not, my not car, car is too. <laughs> I updated her. And all I do is sit in her and listen to music. Because okay. the smell. The smell is that hunger I used to have. I okay. can't get that nowhere. When uh. nobody else believed in me, nothing. Mm. I was driving that car. I was dreaming. All right? So now I sit at her, and, and I look through the windshield, and the dreams came true. So that was while you were in college. That's when you got her? In college? Uh, I got her before college. I made her look better doing college. Oh, OK, mm. OK, mm-hmm. OK. And, so, and I met you. Let me see. So you're obviously, what I didn't know before, is a huge NFL fan. I think, right. you, I think it's because you follow me on Twitter. And I was starting my show, Undefined, and I, mm-hmm. and I reached out to you and yes. asked you if you would be a, a, the first inaugural guest on my, on my solo podcast. Which turned out to be a big mistake. Why? Because, I, because I annihilated her during a debate. No, you yeah. don't. Yeah. 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 No, it's, you don't. No, you it's, don't. No, it's, you didn't. It's already out there. It's history. It was a big mistake but what I will, But what I will say is that that, you know, because a lot of times you can reach out to people who are celebrities and who are known and trying to figure out who else is going to be on the show. Yeah. Where is it being posted? All that other stuff. What I will say to Morris's credit is you never asked about any of that stuff. You didn't. Yeah. You just came on and you just did it. And roasted and, you. And that was pretty, and roasted her, yeah, and that yeah. was pretty much the best days of our burgeoning uh, friendship. You know, you, you done got worse since. <laughs> yeah. But at, but when I first met you, but, you know, you were very humble. And no, like it, was, it was it was it was a good time. <laughs> I do remember you reaching out and saying, "Hey, will you come on my show?" I said, "Of course, no problem, mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. with no hesitation." And then I roasted her. Yeah. 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 Roasted her. Hey, 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 nothing wrong with this that. This is this is when you started to talk about facts. And logic, I and just, why you're always right. I don't, you know no, I saying? never say that. Always, yeah. but I always talk about facts. Mm-hmm. Okay, some people get emotional when they talk about the teams yeah. and sports. Mm-hmm. I just talk about the facts. It's no, the you facts talk about facts. your set of facts. facts you're not really feelings. good at seeing the actual facts or the facts that other people present. That's what it is. No, I talk about uh, the facts you can. Yeah. Facts you can verify. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was intrigued on what you told me on how you became a Philadelphia fan. Share it with them. Yeah, so, I mean, back, back, back in the day, um, I'm, I'm slightly older than you cats, mm. but, um, but no, back in the day, so um, my father was a big Lakers fan, and I, I was a big football fan. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, I didn't have a team. I just loved the game. And uh, the 76ers were playing the Lakers in the finals. And uh, so that that series, I told my father, so if the 76ers win, win. All right. I won't have to take out the trash for the week. You know, I won't have to do my chore or whatever. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. And 76ers won, so I was like, okay, cool. I ain't got to take out the trash. Now, that was big for me back then because I hated taking out the trash doing chores. And so then I was like, I just started, I started following the Sixers. I started following the Eagles. Um, even started following the Phillies for a minute. But I became, I stayed with the Eagles because I loved the players. They had the cutoff jerseys back in the day. Yeah. Long than any pro team. A lot of college teams had cutoff jerseys. Yeah, yeah, start the mock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then, um, so the Eagles had that, then they had Wood Montgomery, Harold Carmichael, and then they started having, like, Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb. So I just, you know, stayed with the team the whole time. Now, let me, I'm going to tell y'all how I met Morris. Oh, Lord. It was in 1997. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I was just walking through Crenshaw, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, with your, with your boys in the hood? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> he went on them. I, I, I'm doing my thing. Oh, okay. Uh, so then, you know, we had a game against Crenshaw. Ricky was running the ball. <laughs> you know, with me being a coat, I had, had to brush up against oh, him a couple okay. times. Yo, Ricky was a beast on that tape. Hey, oh, listen, beast. Ricky was so much a beast. He ran through us so bad for 300 yards, mm. we shot him. <laughs> we shot so him. So you was in that car? You was in that car? I was in the car. You was in the Hyundai? I was in the Hyundai. <laughs> I didn't want to restart that like that with that Jerry girl. <laughs> Y'all are both silly. So, but anyways, but what, but I, what, what I do you know, want to highlight about you is that you're, you're very genuine. You are, you are you. a genuine person. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people that come from uh, working in Hollywood and have the amount of success that they do can be, um, you know, just with their heads in the cloud and not necessarily uh, authentic. And so I, I, to, to, to rarely compliment you, take the time. <laughs> rarely. To, I think this is the first time ever, so I'll take you. it. Thank you. I, I, I do it's, want to say uh, that I... It's what's about 6'10". <laughs> I do want to say that I've noticed that. I was going to say, hand me some tissue. <laughs> is this as the world turns? Like, it's not, you... No, it's not, it's not a soap opera, but in, 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 on you, I do appreciate it. Don't break the spotlight to me. You just but, but I do have a question, though, because we have a... We have a we have a, I'm trying to just paint the picture, yeah. right? I'm, or think, so you have the young, the young Fred Smoot yeah. balling out in college. Then we have the young, the young reporter yeah. stepping up her game from Oregon to the capital. The nation's capital. The nation's capital. You, yeah. know what, you know what that was, too, is because I, I started my career in Coos Bay, Oregon. I always tell people that's the last Coos piece. Bay? Yes, it's the last piece of sand in Oregon. It's like Portland, Eugene, and then it's Coos Bay. I was out there for a year, a month, and a day, but who was counting? <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I left my job after just giving, you know, two weeks notice because I said, you know what? I was sitting there, and I tell this to young people I talk to all the time, that sometimes you're sitting there and you're waiting for a yes, you're waiting to get a job. And sometimes you just got to give your own self a yes. So instead of sitting up there waiting for somebody to tell me I had a job, mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how I left and just went to where I wanted to go instead of waiting for somebody to tell me that I could Go. And then that's when I started working for. DC. I wanted to go to DC because that's where I'm from, and I just started working for free for the local cable television station, and that's how I met Fred, you know, Ryan Clark, and all them boys back in the day. Yeah. So we had a whole cast of characters on this team. <laughs> like, yeah, Ryan Clark used to wear his Air Force Ones. You always wearing a Fat Albert. Uh, uh, you yeah. love saying Fat Albert because that's all I remember. <laughs> he was, was wearing. the style. Yeah, you no. remember the yeah, full blue sweaters. And, and then you always wore yeah, the Santa Claus hat around the locker room. Yeah, because I was giving out presents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not, oh, like it wasn't even Christmas. I, that's what I do. That's but what you know, I have a good, do. But I have a good story, though, because <clears throat> when I was in the locker room, and, you know, when you're not a reporter and you don't have, like, a, a microphone that's known, ESPN, Fox, CBS, and all this other stuff, I'm holding my CTV uh, mic flag, and I'm trying to get questions in, and, and, you know, the other reporters are not respecting you because you haven't really... I'm, like, 22, 23 at the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I distinctly remember LeVar Arrington and Stephen Davis saying, hold on. Y'all let this girl speak. You see yeah. what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. I, and, and to this, I'll never forget that because that's what really made me feel like, okay, yes, I'm 22 and everyone else but in the locker respect. room. Yes, yeah. Will Bond, uh, Steve Weiss, John yeah. Mitchell, all those people Tony in the locker room. Rachel Nichols came out that. There. Yes. Everybody Every, was it, was, it was a lot of people that, well, you know, that came out the DMV yeah. media, but, but they said, let this girl speak, even though I want nothing about nothing at the time. And that's yeah. the funny thing about it. I have worked for the ESPNs. I have worked for CBS, NBC, and I remember standing in these buildings and I asked her, why do y'all recruit? the DC area so much. And she, they told me, besides you, 
they don't have any dialogue, meaning they have nothing that ties them to their... When I say the DMV, they have no lingo. Like, you don't think... So they speak very clearly, and they can speak to the nation. Yes. And then, yeah. Yes. The people that come from Maryland and that whole area, yeah. we, we, we sound regular. Regular. We sound totally very regular. regular. We, 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 now we don't got the Florida draw. Now, y'all, we're in Maryland. That's it. I mean, we got a little herb. Baltimore. Yeah. People come Baltimore, and they're not... <laughs> everybody, that's, that, everybody doesn't talk Give like... You play. It's not Ain't you? Ain't you? The, or, or, or that joint, you know. Yeah. But Baltimore consider themselves by themselves. They don't even consider themselves part right. of that. Like yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, because I feel like we don't claim Northern Baltimore. That's like back in the day with oh, the gold. Oh, y'all don't claim them. I mean, it's like it's a it's a well, I'm, it's like it's a place onto itself. The gold rims and all this other thing. It's more like Mississippi you in know, Baltimore. Mm. Yeah, there, that's there why you I go. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Norman. So Jean. how does a young female reporter? Mm -hmm. Navigate the locker room in a man's, oh, a man's, man's locker room. In a, in a, yeah. So when you're first starting out um, and people don't know you, you know you have to prove yourself. And it was all it was always my mindset to go in there and let people know that I was intelligent first and I knew what I was talking about and I felt like that would lead the way. Now of course when people don't know you, they're gonna test you. So there are distinct times I remember when I was young, not not any time recent or any time soon. But you know they're gonna throw the towel at you to try to test you. You know obviously walk into the locker room in a way where you know just to try to. T and, and I think the thing is from the beginning. You know, you have to establish yourself in terms of carrying yourself with respect. And once you start talking and once you start interviewing people and they see that you know, it, it just quickly changes. That's 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 what I felt. But and I mean, so, I went through that early, but not, you know, once once they see that, then it's yeah, like... Yeah, once they yeah. see you repeatedly... But what was it? But what I, there had to be some a lot of adversity with this whole thing with you going into that locker room, starting out like that. I mean, I think at first it's just it's, it's establishing yourself, and then also you know making people know that you're a professional. And I think that comes with how you talk, it comes with how you dress, it comes with your intellect and what you show that you know. And I think what I it's mean, a man's yeah. world because like what he's saying is, how did you survive knowing dudes were gonna hit on you? Yeah, exactly. You in a, a male-dominated uh, landscape, fathers, the, the players you gotta talk to. And yeah. fathers, the people, yo, counterpart. Well, I mean, say, for instance, like mm -hmm. if I was like, I don't know, if I was Fred Smoot, star DB on the team, and if I was like, well, look here, you know, I'll give you the interview. <laughs> but, uh, but we need to be going to roof, Chris. <laughs> I didn't what you think about that. Well, exactly. it, 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 it get shut down, not, whether it's 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., so yeah. it really don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so it really don't. But I, again, it So just, how did you navigate that? Though? But that's what I'm saying. It's, mm. it's, it's all in how you respond. And I think, too, it's a way of also showing that you're cool, right? And you're not stuck up. Or what, like, I, I can remember one time I was walking through the Giants locker room. I came in there with uh, some sandals on. And the minute I walked through, they started cracking on me because they said that my feet were ashy. So you don't want to be looking like you can't, you know, take have fun. You can't like you, can't, like you yeah. can't take a joke. So I think there's a, there's a way in which you can still look like, you know, you Very can be... Very serious, Yeah, you can be casual-minded, but yeah. at the same time, when I put this microphone in front of your face, we're on camera, bro. And we're going to ask you some for real questions, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it's just... It was just, it was just about balancing that. But I think also, too, whether it is me as a former uh, ballerina or just being into fashion or whatever, I think, and I mean, not necessarily right now because it's a you story about how I, why, why, why I'm I have on, so why I have on because I didn't forget <laughs> my bed. Huh? She haven't brought up gymnastics and I'm so shocked. No, no, gymnastics, I did ballet. I know, I'm in yeah. North Carolina. Did yeah. you still run track and stuff? Yes, I mean, yes, yeah, yes. So yeah, I mean, that, well, that, that's part of it, too, is that, you know, 
former D1 athlete, ran track at Carolina. You, you, you have that mic. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it takes a certain swag to run track for Carolina. Those of us who were yeah. part, oh, of, good, real, good, part wait, of the real wait. conference, Ca the ACC. Ca never track team? Yeah, I was oh, about wow. to ask that. Okay, oh, let me, let me school you. I'm sorry, we've only yeah. had a couple, a whole I bunch of Olympians. Tish, what, Tasha Colander, Ugh. Alan Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody knows what Marion Jones, but let's, but hey, let's not act like she... They came from North Carolina? They, they ran for Carolina. Smell Milton like Campbell. a pamper to me. Right? <laughs> I'm, from, I, I'm sorry that I'm from the SEC and we win in everything. Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Y'all SEC Florida boys that just no, be in the sun listen, all the time. It's, just, it's like you know, six states, no, all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't even think nobody else in the United States plays football. Right, like right. y'all don't exist. Y'all don't exist in track. Yo, LS, you blow y'all out totally every year. Okay. <laughs> y'all don't. Uh, okay. Besides basketball, y'all yeah. can hoop with the they best. Can, yeah, besides they, basketball, they, okay. They, keep they going. Go. Keep and going. And y'all losing that grip. Keep going. So I, that's it's only basketball, at Carolina. It's only basketball. Oh really? Not oh, really? even girls, because Mississippi State oh, just won okay. the girls' championship. You, 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 Baseball, Mississippi State just won the championship. You want me to school you on something? Oh yeah, you please do. You ever heard of the women's soccer team? Like over 20 championships? Yeah. Oh, okay. You, you ever heard of Anson Dorrance? We, we only furnished the USA's soccer team <laughs> yeah. for like well, the last couple decades, but it's okay though. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. And, okay. I mean, and, 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 and by the way, when you have the best of the best in the sport anyway, start with Michael Jordan. I mean, you could bring up all the other stuff, but I mean, he qualifies I can bring for like up 50, too. 50, 50 people anyway. So I, I can bring saying. up granddaddies okay. too. He gave right. you basketball. I mean, where where did you go to college? I gave you basketball. Where did you go to college? I, I went to Cal State System in California. Oh, oh! So y'all have every bit of nobody. Well, I mean, like, like Morris Chestnut. <laughs> they got a statue of you and you only outside the school. Do they have athletics there? No, not really. No, they barely, no. barely. So what do they have there? They, no, they have a basketball they team. They teach gluten-free cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it's California. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's hey, hey, listen, ain't yeah. no telling. Meatless everything in California. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why. I can't do it. That's why you can't do California? I can't do California. Y'all too healthy, but not being healthy. Y'all don't eat no red meat or nothing like that, but then when y'all jog down the beach, there's a lot of bad bodies. I'm like, well, <laughs> if y'all doing, doing all this health trip and eating all this food, the food, what, what, what you gonna do? The thing about California, in LA in particular, it's a lot of transplants. So there's a lot of people There's that not from, from LA that all right. are there, yeah. But they still right. living a healthy lifestyle healthy with bad lifestyle. bodies. <laughs> That's so, oxymoron. Speaking That's of true. food, one thing I did learn about Morris, because because you know I'm just a savant when it comes to cooking, you know. Not really. <clears throat> wow. She, she and got a skin. One of the house. things that I learned, especially when I was living in Coos Bay and was learning from a chef Coos named Bay. Jarden Kazar, is that everything is about the sauces. Everything is about the sauces. And so I was very surprised to learn about Morris that you don't really indulge in the sauce. I don't like the sauces. No, how I don't do you like not, the sauces. How do, how do you just not? I mean, everything is about the different the sauce and the protein. A lot of sodium and fats and all. Salt, I'm not, I'm not yeah. into the sauces. No. So, so all he does is air fry. Yeah, air and, fry. And put, no, fry? and put nothing on no. his I'm chicken. I'm from Mississippi. Oh, you fry no, here. You grease I fry. I would fry you got air the, if I could. We don't air you, fry. We fry air. You got the, the tin can with all the grease up in it on your stove? Hey, listen. We got a can. <laughs> hey, look. I got a can in the backyard, a big barrel that I take annually <laughs> down there to make sure it's good. No. Right. I'm, as long as I'm on this earth, yeah. it's a couple of delicacies that God put here for me and you. Okay, okay. all right. And food yeah. is their ultimate delicacy. And what is it? Okay. I'm not going to rob myself of any of it. Mm. None of I it. eat healthy when it's time to eat healthy. I just went on a date with a vegan the other day. I, I ain't no vegan. I was in there eating just like she was. <laughs> I, I went to a steakhouse the next day. No. I, listen, 
I'm gonna enjoy this thing. Food, weather, and people. Well, you you sound like my okay, father because okay, my okay. father always says I didn't come into this world as a rabbit and I'm not leaving it. And as I'm a not rabbit. leaving this one. So I can't be a corner boy. Yes. I'm gonna leave that way. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I am. I think it's very I think it's very interesting how people from different walks of life can end up coming together and um, you know, mesh their worlds, mesh their experiences, mesh their perspectives, even though some of us are challenged when it comes to listening and accepting others' perspectives, <laughs> as it is such with Morris Chestnut. Uh, and as it is it, such with you, because I, I rarely hear you compliment me or, or I'm deaf in my right ear. Uh, I'm definitely my right <laughs> ear, so I've been trying to get you talking to the left the whole time. Mm -hmm. But this is what me and Morris don't seem to get, how some people are oblivious yes. of things. And it usually happens with women. You know, men, we've been trying to figure it all out, and we'll share it with each other. If we knew the perfect things to really just peel the layer of a woman back and understand y'all, mm -hmm. right when we think we understand y'all, y'all update like an iPhone. <laughs> And now we got to go buy a new iPhone. And you know what? Because you know what happens? Every time you get the update, every time you do the update. They slow you with the old shit down. I can't even text on my old one. I'm like, you know what? I'm about to get another divorce. Y'all putting pressure on me to be imperfect. All right? That's what y'all trying to do. But the point of what I was trying to say is, yes. is, that it, is that it is interesting how we all came from different situations, you being married, you being a divorcee, me being single, you know, See, you being an like actor, it you being an like athlete. It makes me seem like I'm a failure. No, Listen. I, I, well, I mean, I was just about to say- you I was willing to try. Well, okay, but you being a pro athlete, uh, NFL player, me being a reporter, what have you. So I just think it. What? So no. if I was like a lawyer, I wouldn't have still got a divorce. No, no, no. I, all I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting the fact that your, your personal and your professional accomplishments and status, right? What? You threw me under the bus. No, I'm just. I was. You I was, said, look at Morris, perfect man. <laughs> I didn't say man. he was perfect. And on the left, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> you know, you're making me every other man in America. Well, that, well. Mm. Right. Well, I mean, at least, at least I did point out what. But you, like I yeah. say, mm -hmm. yes. That's the achiever. Yeah. He's the overachiever. Mm. I'm the norm. Mm. Tried it in divorce. No, I think you're more you than You didn't even get in the game. No, I you mean, ain't even listen, to win. We, we can go all up in my personal life, but I actually was trying to say, you know, from a professional standpoint, you you, you obviously have it done. But you didn't say it from the personal standpoint. Because we started there. Because we right, started there. Right. It ain't relaxed. I like winning but, in both of them. Okay, but my, but you said what? I like, like winning, winning in both, both of them. Someone's supposed to be uh, Goldie Hunts mm -hmm. and Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. They go together mm -hmm. for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. Mm -hmm. We don't need no titles. Mm -hmm. You don't need my last name. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get you a ring. Mm -hmm. You get me a ring. Go together. Mm -hmm. The rest of our life. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm just curious too. Like, what do you what do you feel like is the the biggest key for you when it comes to um, why you were able to get where you got in yeah. life? Cause I'm just a happy person. Mm -hmm. I can make some out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing worries me. Mm -hmm. Nothing gets me down. Mm -hmm. Hell, I ain't even know we were poor till I was 11. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened? And then I was like, I gotta help us get out of here. Oh, okay. Did not know. Like, I just don't, like, I think sometimes but, be, people be, take be life real, too serious. They do okay. take life too serious. Life is to be lived, not complicated. Two plus two equals four. Take the emotions out of it, achieve what you wanna achieve, let everybody else do the overthinking. Yeah, but I just you know, but be real too. I mean, like even I though you said no, but I'm just no, but no, but no, but I'm. I gave you every, my soul right like, there. But but I but you know, but it, but it, it sounds a little unrealistic because you make it sound like you don't really have any down days. Do you have uh, any down when days? When the last time you seen me have a down day? That's what I'm asking you. Do you have any down you're days? You a reporter. 
I get caught on the boat. You call me the next day. You all right? You don't care about me being out. <laughs> you want the story. But, but beyond the love boat thing, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about real life. I'm I just, saying- trouble, like, like I said, it don't matter what I'm dealing with. I know this. I can't figure it out being mad. Mm-hmm. I can't clean it up, wasting my time being angry. Mm-hmm. I need to fix it so I can get on with my life. That's it great. Takes That's no a great energy. perspective. It takes no energy to enjoy life. It takes energy to fix the problems. Yeah, well, not everybody can make that mental transition. My dad is a preacher. Okay, well, you're a PK. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> then why I failed in there. It never says the word. He said, yes, I am. It never says the word. I am who I am. And what about you? You know, what do you feel like? Is it- I think, it, like he said, I think it's all about perspective. You know, just when you, everyone suffers from some, some type of adversity, and it's how you deal with that adversity is, mm-hmm. is, is, um, is the key. But what do you feel like is the most adverse thing you went through? Me in my life? Yeah. I've gone through a lot of reverse. I mean, I'm talking life. about like something that you feel like when you someone asks you the question. You know, Oprah once said when she does an interview, one of the things that she asked to get right into a person is, what's the biggest piece of childhood trauma that you suffered? Because it will tell you a lot about a person. So I'm not asking you just like, it's not just about like, okay, you've been through a whole bunch of adversity all of us have but what's the thing that really kind of just see that's the thing mind? about me see i've been through a lot people i mean they they see me you know i you know i was in a movie many years ago of course and so they see me as that and they see my life from there but as a child i dealt with a lot i mean i shared a room i shared a room with my brother mm-hmm. until until i was until i went to college i mean we couldn't even open up the door the bunk we had bunk beds mm-hmm. and we took put the bunk beds down you could barely we had to leave the door because you couldn't open the door mm-hmm. I had to, when I was in, I don't know, when I was, you know, I was like in seventh grade, I wanted to play on Saturdays, I had to work and cut grass with my father. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that I go to is, uh, you know, my, my parents being divorced when I was two and, um, you know, and dealing with the, the step-parent situation. Um, and, I deal with that. Yeah, the, the step-parent situation. And it's not so much about living in different homes because, you know, I, I did look at it as, like, there was two Christmases and I got two sets of gifts on one hand. So that part of it, you know... Who's selfish? No, no, no. no. That part it, you know, that part, because if that, that's what you grow up in, you don't really think of it as, you know, that you feel like it's the norm. I feel like where it started to be where it started to be different was when, you know, I wasn't meshing with the the significant others of my of my parents. And yeah. I do feel like there were things that I noticed about those people that when I would tell my parents they wouldn't take me seriously because oh, you're just 13 and 14 and you don't know. And, and when I was picking up on, you know, certain bad vibes, oh, you're not trying to jive, you know, with this person. Yeah. So like I give you an example as, as a just like a, a personal example but I remember well I remember one time when I came home um, uh, to my dad's house my dad had you know this beautiful huge 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 house you know with this person and we, and I kept on telling my, my dad at the time you know she's not right you know she doesn't says a lot of things when you're not here and then it's completely different when you come home and I didn't feel like I was being listened to and then one time we came home I feel like I was like 11 or 12 and I went upstairs to the room and nothing was in my room nothing was in the room it was completely it was completely bare and so I ran downstairs to my dad and I was like where is my stuff and what happened and da 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 and so he comes upstairs and he sees that everything is gone and and it was 
you know, and the long story short is that this individual had taken all of my stuff, put it in the trash and, and thrown it out. And, and I thought like, I felt like that was the beginning of my dad really beginning to believe some of the things that I was saying that was happening. That I didn't feel like, you know, it was taken seriously at the time. So it's, it's a lot of that, particularly when you're coming up as an adolescent and you're transitioning to high school at a time when you feel like your parents are trying to reestablish themselves in relationships from the dissolution yeah. of their situation, which is really hard when you are, you know, 13, you know, to 17. Right. So for me, I feel like that's what really sticks out. And then, yes, it was my choice to do uh, journalism, but for the last 20 years, I've spent, you know, most of my life on the road, you know. One, I do like I do like covering sports, but, you know, that has its, you know, consequences too. I mean, with everything that we choose to do, you know, just in terms of the personal impact. I mean, you're always gone to when you were playing as well, you know. Oh, that's why I lost my wife. Mm -hmm. She left me. Now, I thought you was finna say, when you were telling your story, cause I know a good Joe Cena story, and I was like, she finna get deep, mm -hmm. and she finna throw a curveball. Mm -hmm. When you say you walked upstairs, mm -hmm. I thought you finna really say you caught her with somebody <laughs> like me. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't that. It wasn't Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Story, okay, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't that. But it, but it was nonetheless. It, it was impactful. I mean, and that's just. I mean, we all have, you know, many, many uh, stories too. And I think too, um, when I, when I think of when I think of my relationships with my parents, and especially, you know, my mom. It, it, she had me when she was very well, not very, very young, but at least I believe when she was 22. And so when she was raising me, I just feel like um, there was a lot of things that she didn't get to do. Yep. And so mm -hmm. I felt like when I started to become, you know, what it is that I became over the course of my career, I do feel like at times, and I do think mom and daughters, sons and, 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 and fathers go through this or what have you, but I do feel like it made her, you know, think about the things that she didn't get to do. And sometimes in the course of a relationship, um, you know, those things come out in various ways. And so at least for me, just being very transparent, you know, with this interview, I, I really think of a lot of impactful times in my home, you know, relationships. And I, and I do think even too, like when I am, you know, interviewing someone and we talked about this before, but whether it be Antonio Brown, um, Adrian Peterson, whether it be uh, the Vontez Burfix, Frank Clarks, I mean, all the guys that I can think of that I've interviewed over the course in my career that's really where I and that's my entry point with them is having that mindset that you know there's so much as to why they are who they are so when even at the height of when Antonio Brown was going through all of that stuff that he was going through I am trying to I am trying to have that that course of questioning as to, you know, but, but why is that? You know, what is it that happened to him that makes him react that way as opposed to just instantly labeling him bad or trying to just be so quick to attach a narrative? And I do think that's part of all of our challenges as I people. I have to say, that's all us, because yeah. it's mistrust. Mm -hmm. As you extend, you can trust less people. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. We just watch, uh, we just watch people talk to us about it. Mm -hmm. More success, the more it starts to shrink down on you and the more responsibility you have. Your problems are my problems. The first time I tell you no, I won't handle that problem for you, I ain't there for you no more and I ain't, the love ain't there no more. Mm -hmm. yeah, so very true. when people start to stab you in the back, now nah, I can't trust nobody. Mm -hmm. Is it the money that make you can't trust nobody? 
Is it them? Because they change, I can't trust nobody. It don't matter what the variable is. I can't trust nobody. Ends up by yourself. And that, and that is a big thing at the course of how people react to people is, yeah. is mistrust. You know, is, is remembering, um, you know, just the, the, the sore of things that happened to us in the past. But even more importantly, it's not just what happened to us, it's how. It's we, who did it. It, it. Well, it's who did it. It's who did it. It is who, but it's also how we overcome that, right? And, and But you can't let your past dictate your future. Yeah, and I, and I really feel like the person we're getting ready to talk to right now is an excellent example of how you don't let that bring you down, but rather you take it to a positive place to take it to a next level up. And matter of fact, that T-shirt, that shirt you got on is the next level up with those palm trees on it. Zion Clark, what's going on, Zion? Hey, where the accent from? I'm from Ohio. Ohio, I just left Canton, Ohio the other day. Uh, that's where I'm from. I'm from Canton. Yeah, oh, I, went, I, I went to the championship game for the uh, women's tackle football out there and checked it out. Oh, word, word. That's what's up. Yeah, my mom's everybody out there. Yeah, yeah, I was out there. It was fun. So tell us what you have coming up right now, what you say you have going on. I got um, I have my first pro MMA sanctioned fight uh, October 29th in uh, LA. It'll go permanently on my pro record. Uh, I got a lot of things going on. This is probably my, the number one thing. My coach, he's one of the pioneers of MMA, along with uh, my other instructors or their uh, masters of jiu-jitsu and grappling and striking. Yeah. Uh, you know, my team, we have a lot of guys from my boy AJ McKee all the way to Rampage Jackson, who's in there every single day learning from my coaches as well. Uh, so we have a pretty uh, solid program running right now. And, uh, where where do you like train? Cast down and I'm ready for it. Team Body Shop. Team Body Shop. Where, where is that located? Long Beach. Oh, Long Beach, California. Okay. Well, I knew California. you were going to yeah. bring up Long Beach, California. Oh, California. Hey, you know, I like California. I keep trying to tell them about California, man. They're not, they're not feeling it. You feeling California? Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Uh, I, have a, I have a spot out in Beverly Hills right now. So uh, There we go. Say, there uh, we go. That's can't say I'm not living, living the life right now. Cool. Well, listen, you have an impressive list of accomplishments from being a wrestler, motivational speaker, an author, what have you. You mentioned your wrestling prowess that right now, and it's even more impressive considering everything that you've overcome to even actually become all that you are as a multi-hyphenate. You know, for those people who need a little bit more illumination as to exactly what it is, um, that you were dealing with from the get-go of life. Can you just explain to people what um, caudal regression syndrome is? Oh, no, it's, uh, yeah, caudal regression syndrome, it's uh, just a very rare disease uh, that affects uh, one out of roughly every 100,000 uh, kids per year. In my case, I didn't have legs, and that's uh, pretty much it. Yeah, and I just want to know, like, because I had a cousin, and he went through a similar situation where uh, he did actually walk for a while, but then he, he, he became paralyzed. And uh, I watched him go through so many emotionally ups and downs, and I was right there with him the whole time. At what point did you say, not only am I finna live my life and enjoy myself, but I'm finna push the issue to the next level? At, at what point did that happen? I mean, for me, I wasn't like, oh my God, I don't have legs. No, I was born, with, I was born without legs. Mm -hmm. So just how you learn to walk on your feet, I learned to walk on my hands. And wow. I learned to run on my hands. I learned to do things with my hands. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take this to the next level. No, I was just a kid. Uh, I had a dream of being an athlete. I pushed the issue because I had family members around me that were also doing the same thing. My cousin being the world's fastest rugby player. My sister also being a multiple-time uh, state champ, national champ, right there with me in track and field. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... 
my family were a family of wrestlers or football players. You know, it was really like I was just doing what my family was doing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, picked up the family business and said, hey, let me find my way in the family business. Hey, and you did take it to a next level because let's be honest, you had to you had to actually surpass some some hurdles that other people didn't have. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think too though, even though you're talking about you have other family members who are, are very accomplished and very ambitious, especially athletically, and that helped you. But to a certain degree, it, it does feel like an oversimplification, right? In terms of it's so easy. I mean, shoot, when my co- when my cousin is the world's fastest rugby player on Team USA Rugby Sevens, with multiple Olympic gold around your neck, that's kind of uh, pushes the issue a little bit. And, and you're right. <laughs> and having that, and having the people outside of you is a wonderful motivation you know, when they're trying to, you know, attack things at a higher level too. At the absolutely. same time, absolutely. Like that. That was that was my motivation. Like yeah. when I was in high school, my my older cousin, uh, he had already been an Olympic champ at this point. Called me mm-hmm. and told me like, go get that. Sh-. Like like, bro. Like listen. Yeah. It's my turn. It's my turn to get what needs to be do. What needs to be done. The year before, my sister won it. Uh, before that, he won it. And he's like, "You can win it." So I won it twice. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But how did how do you move past an easy place and not be there? Because it, and regardless of whether it's a is a physical challenge, because we all have things that we go through where it's easy to just wallow in current circumstance, something that's happening to us in the day, or things that we can't control. But I, but can you explain for those people who maybe don't have the motivations outside that you do with your family members pushing you, how did you move from a place of not being in self-pity to being able to get out of bed and 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 almost forget about their it. mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never really had like I never really had self pity from where I was, and uh, Canton and like being in the hood and stuff was the type of people I had around me before I had any type of athletic success. My boys, my gang, they picking me up every time that something was going south because I might be I was just going through the foster care system where I wasn't getting treated with respect in a home. I was getting treated with respect every time I stepped outside. Mm. So then I didn't feel no self-pity. I learned how to survive. I learned how to make my own food. I learned how to do things when I was young because if you're gonna survive in this world, sometimes you gotta just step up for your own self. So I stepped up and then developed hard skin. And then hard skin doesn't mean like being, oh, I'm this big old bad, bad dude, no. I just learned how to let things not bother me so I can focus on what I wanted to do. That's, that's that mindset, that's that all right, we all got problems, but it's not the problem, it's how you process it. And that's what I tell people being from Mississippi all the time and being from my circumstances. I could have easily went left, I could have easily did, made an excuse, but I processed the problem, chewed it up, spit it out, and kept on going. That's what, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about personal responsibility. Take responsibility for your life and take control of it. And that's what this young man's done. Yeah. But at the same time, you mentioned that you went through the foster system, what have you, and and how that can affect one's heart in a good way, you know, that it can propel you and in a way that can also be difficult, so. But, um, so when it comes to the foster care system, it's more so like, not every place that you go to, every place that you get to go to or that you're placed in is going to be that ideal placement. What most people don't know that every kid that's in that system, if you're a foster parent, you're receiving a, you're receiving an income, you're receiving a check to take care of said kid. And the check doesn't have to go towards the kids. So here's the thing. You can have all these kids and only one of them getting treated well. One of them getting treated well. Mm-hmm. Out of seven or eight. So I was never that one. 
I was one of the ones that was always on the outside. So I had to learn how to just stay, stay back and try not to get seen by public opinion and like public eye every time, anytime anything happened. Because if something happened and somebody asking about me at the home, then I'm still getting in trouble by the parent. So like being in being in the system, you had to really learn how to learn like survival instincts, real survival instincts. If you wanted to eat the next night, you had to work, you had to act accordingly. If you wanted to have blankets, you had to act accordingly. If you had to clean clothes, you had to act accordingly. And that it just got it just got to, it was just enough. And so I started bucking up. You know, you told me something, I'm gonna tell you something right back. And then I developed that sort of thick skin. And then uh, once I didn't, once I got to my mom's, and uh, when I, by the time I was 17, she helped me really like focus and like dial my dial my uh, intent, like dial in what I needed to do and who I who I was becoming as a person. There's deep knowledge, and there's deep knowledge through going through things. And we, I think that's the only way. Sometimes through osmosis, you can learn because you know your mom and right. daddy can tell you Since something over and over again. <laughs> but experience until you go through it, how do the kids respond to you when they hear your story, knowing the things that they're going through at that time? I'm sure when you look in their eyes, you can you, you can you can see that same fire that you had, right? Sure. Yeah. Some kids, they definitely they definitely hear me. You know, uh, kids, they're they're essential into affected when it comes to the newer, uh, the younger generations, because like, it's good. It's all good and well what we're doing and being like the top of the game with the things that we're doing right now. But uh, at the end of the day, what really matters is what, what are these kids going to do once we can't run the world no more, you know? Mm -hmm. To even from a, a personal perspective, because beyond, you know, you being able to teach me some jujitsu moves to knock these two out on the right mm. and the oh, left. Yeah. She, so she would I, like I, that. I, I am curious, maybe after this interview, how you could tell me maybe to, uh, to perfect my chokehold. <laughs> 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 right? But even from a, a personal perspective, as a man, you know, how you maneuver that just in your personal life, in your friend's life, you know? Oh, uh, my, when it comes to me outside of being an athlete, I demand respect. And if you don't respect me, get out my face. And that's just how I go. Uh, because I'm not disrespecting you. If you have if you have a problem with how I am and how I look at my disability, then you're not supposed to be in my airspace. Right. Simple as that. I listen, I am not complicated. Hey, life is not complicated. People complicate life. Yeah. That's the way yeah. to go. Life is not complicated to those who know where they're trying to go, knowing how they're gonna get there, and don't care what cards that they dealt. So what led you to uh wrestling? I was in second grade. I was just a little kid, got a flyer, thought it was fun. And then over the next like 12 years, uh, developed a style and uh, got into college, became a multiple time All-American and all this other fun stuff. No, it's all, it's all a mental game. Like, you know, I could have, I could have the most uh, innate martial skill on the planet and be able to dismantle the best people in the world. But here's the thing, it don't matter and my mental state isn't up to par with what my physical body can do. Yeah. Because sometimes the physical, the, your, the strength leaves and all you're left with is just the skill that you've developed mm -hmm. and what you directly know. So when that being said, you got to just tell yourself, look, man, I got to throw these punches. I got I to gotta step forward. Even though I'm dead tired, I'm going to step into him attacking. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's what it is that, kind of pushes you to that next level and you find out you can do amazing things in those moments. So you have a huge following on social media from Instagram, yeah. TikTok, or what have you. I'm just curious, some of the comments that you've got over time with people seeing you do the things that you do on video, 
just the interactions that you've had with people. What are some of the things that like people have shared with you as far as how you've inspired them? Shoot, I, I don't really pay attention too much to social media. Okay. Oh, exactly. I enjoyed it. I mean, he ain't he, he taking He's it focused. in without He's taking it in. He he had the finish line while they still watching him from behind. I understand that. No, nah, for real. Like, listen, you look at my social media. Well, my social media, I might have such a huge following, but you're seeing this much of what I'm actually out there doing every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, you see you see one minute, I have 24 hours. And with those 24 hours, I'm not on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm working on my music. I'm working in the gym. I'm at practice. I'm getting ready to go back to practice right now. Uh, you know what I mean? So... Like, you know, I'm like, I'm doing all these things, interviews, podcasts. Like, I do so much in a day that if I sat down on my phone, uh, I wouldn't have much of a day. Hey, back that car up. Back that car up. I thought I heard you say music. First of all, what type of music? Oh, I can work with, like, hip-hop. I can work with jazz, blues, uh, everything. You know, I've been a drummer since I was a little kid. I was just, uh, I helped, I just uh, recently helped Big Crit and King Joel produce an album down in Atlanta. I've been okay. saying that's Mississippi Finals. You need you need us to touch that up with a little blues, <laughs> a little rap. You working with Big Crit? That's my guy. So that's what's up. Yeah, wait, so absolutely. Do you, so wait, do you rap? Do you do anything? A little bit, a little bit. I've been working on a few things right now. Oh, so you got you got uh, a verse my, for us? Um, you got a verse? I can't even do it. Can, can, can we bring you in a cipher? Don't put it on the spot. I got a no, no. no yeah, I always, I always nah, got my verse. I, got I put I you in a cipher before you. You got a verse? I always got a hey, verse. No, verse. Look, Give it to me. I got like I got all my stuff. I see the drum set. I see it. Okay, okay, okay. So you want my verse? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Let's hear it. You gotta give me a beat. Here we go. You gonna give me a beat? Hey, this ain't really a hip hop beat. This My name is like Joe Cena, and I went to USC. I lived in the upper quad, and I resided in 413. All the freshmen sweat me because I lived in Manly. While the rest was sweating bullets, I just be chilling in my AC. So I be representing DC, always doing my Maryland thing. It's the I forget. Oh uh, yeah, because hey, listen, okay, okay, okay. She done she done had this rap in her head since she was 15 years old. Hey, you been, yeah, no, you been waiting on that one. Yeah. Hey, she done had not freestyle at all. No, no, I did with Grandmaster Flashhead at her best. <laughs> hey, look, so I used to run track in Carolina, and when we used to go to Athlete Study Hall, we'd have to jump on the table and do a rap. But that was my winning one. Me, Dre Blige, some of the athletes, the, the Dominique great Dominique Dawes, go on, say it, go on, say it. Carolina would always jump on the stage when we yeah. were not doing what we were supposed to do, which was not studying, yeah. and do that rapping. So that's what that was. I'm just saying, okay. Don't <laughs> tell her that it stunk like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you got right. a verse, Russell? You got a verse? No, no, don't put him on the spot. No, no, no. I, I'm more, I'm more of, of like I can, but like I'm more on the music side. Like I'm a musician. Oh, wow. music. Not, oh, okay. He like to like, create the music, like, mm-hmm. like the beat that you would turn on yeah. and listen to on the radio. That hip hop beat, oh, I might okay. be behind one. Oh, so you Swiss beats? Yeah, you're basically Swiss yeah. beats. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, producers outlast rappers. All right, producers yeah, make sounds forever. Rappers make words while they hot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey. That's very true. That's very true. So, so you've accomplished, I mean, so much right now. All the Guinness Book of World Records and all these records that you have. What's what's next? What's your next goal? What type of goals you have now for yourself? UFC World Champion. Yeah, pretty much. Right now, I, I'm like I keep thinking about it nonstop. It's just whoever steps out in front of me on the 29th, next one is getting knocked the hell out, and that's just how that's going to go. Okay. Hey, yo, did you see the Adrian yeah. Peterson-Le'Veon Bell fight? Did you see that? Yeah, he got knocked out. Oh, 
Hey, what did hey, you think hey, of Hold up. Don't y'all do my boy AP like that. I don't know. I know Adrian. <laughs> hey, hey, I want this he to end. Like no, no, I, I want this to end. I, to I don't want to see no more former athletes, football uh, and basketball players. <laughs> I don't want no more ring. unboxing. Okay. Uh, like, they got to stop but, but But talk about Adrian nah, okay, I felt you on that. Finally, you said it. Somebody said it. What? Somebody said, said what? It. Said they didn't need to stop. Like, you can't play boxing. Either you a boxer or you not. But did Le'Veon look like a boxer? Like, think about it I'm a fighter, I'm a wrestler, I'm no boxer. You put me into a boxing ring and to take away all my martial skills except for striking, I'm probably gonna lose. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, I, for me to beat you up, yeah. I'm gonna use my wrestling jujitsu and my striking, and I'm throwing elbows. Yeah, yeah. Boxing is a serious sport. I think everybody looks at it as entertaining until you get in there. Oh, like yeah. when you when you get in the ring, Mike Tyson. Everybody and, got a plan until you get knocked until out. Until you can't hit it in the face. Exactly. I, I, I was just with boxing. Mike, and I asked him like, "What if that feeling was?" I was just with Mike Tyson what, two weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. And I I picked his picking his brain right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I was like, man, what is like, what's that? Like, what what kind of mindset does that take to go in there? And he looked at me. He's like, you gotta be crazy. Mm. You gotta be crazy. You gotta be crazy. But I, but yeah. I wanted to know from asking you before about the Adrian Peterson, uh, Le'Veon Bell fight. Can, what, what, what was the technique to to that led to Adrian getting knocked out? He he had Nothing. he, he was, was, too he was I mean, keeping no, his he left does, hand down. You don't down know how to him. actually box. Any real boxer would never turn your back yeah. to another boxer. And he like he just dipped his shoulder to turn away. If you're gonna dip your shoulder, turn away, turn the other way. He turned the wrong way. Yeah. So dude said, okay, and it cracked him out. And yeah. what did you think about the technique on, on Le'Veon Bell's, what was it, jab? Let me nah, act like I know what nah. I'm talking about. I don't get nobody right. no props for beating up old men. All right. They <laughs> me neither. Like, me neither. Like, they look like two uncles at the barbecue that they got to <laughs> fight last week and this week. <laughs> yeah, but they ain't boxing. What it's did you think boxing. about Le'Veon Bell's technique? I think that it's all for show, and I think it's all fake and scripted, uh, even though it's boxing. But uh, if I'm going to be real, it's going to be really satisfying to see Anderson Silva knock out. So you didn't think Jake. it was a real take oh, Paul, so, so you got you got Silva? I know, I know Silva personally. He's one of those guys that's been help, that's helped me train over the years. Yeah. I'm actually really close with him and his family. I so, can't wait till he give it to Paul. Well, that's the only thing, though. But see, Silva, I mean, he was, he's, a, he's a champion. He's an MMA champion. Just like you said, you, you, he's, you have to take away some of You take away his legs. You take away everything else. That he's used to yeah, but no, race. here's the thing. People have been going around saying, people have been going around saying that he's turning seemingly to be a more savage boxer than he was a UFC fighter. And he was the king of the UFC. So with that being said, what does that mean? That means he's going to be a hell of a striker, all right? Hey, uh, look at that. Oh, that, you know the ST from Mississippi don't sound too good. Hey, <laughs> uh, but hey, long reach. He gonna keep. He gonna keep Jake Paul away from him and just drop killer bees on him, fifth ward bees on him. Fifth, uh, fifth ward bees. <laughs> you know the fifth ward bees. That from the nineties right boys, there. Hey, get away. Okay. Uh, Did I triple team though? Oh, <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah, well, listen. We appreciate you joining us and having a nice little conversation with us. You mentioned at the top of this that you had to go on to practice, so we don't want to hold you too long and sharing the yeah, story. Yeah, no, coach, uh, coach is a uh, dude's like 50 years old and he really gets up my ass. Hey, like, hey, 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 I, I, I <laughs> yeah. understand that, brother, but hey, you are inspiration, man. Definitely. Keep doing what you're doing, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and keep taking it to the next level. Y'all tune into my fight next one. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, wait, I'm where, where are you fighting? I'm going to be fighting uh, some uh, venue up here in L.A. Okay. All right, thanks All right. for coming on the yeah. show. That's we appreciate up. you. Thanks for coming right, on. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you.